Welcome to the Culinary School Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Schroeder. Culinary School is a podcast that brings food service professionals together to teach, inspire, and challenge one another to continue to push the boundaries of our food service industry. Each week, we bring you a guest from the food service world to share their story and insights with you. Now, without further ado, join me as class is now in session. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Culinary School. Today, I am with Otto Othman of Pincho Factory. Otto, thanks for uh, spending some time with us today. No, thanks, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, just quickly, um, can you give a background uh, Wikipedia page summary of yourself to start? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, you know, I was actually born and raised in Brazil, moved to the States right around 2001. And, uh, you know, I was in advertising for a very long time. I worked for a big ad agency prior to Pincho. I was working at Sapien Nitro. Uh, you know, working some really cool accounts uh, like uh, Mars, M&M's, Twix. You know, worked uh, a little bit for Fiat and Chrysler North America, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, and, uh, you know, in one of these 4th of July barbecues, we decided to uh, open a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, okay. that's, that's where we're at today. Yeah, as you say, that's one of the things that, you know, um, really that first kind of attracted me to to you guys and your brand was hearing your story. So can you kind of dive into that a little bit and just, um, you know, share a little bit more of that, that the conversation you guys had and kind of leading up to that? For sure. Yeah. So it's, it's a funny story, right? So up again, I was working at Sapid Nitro, you know, doing about 90 hours a week. And uh, one of these 4th of July barbecues, uh, I was uh, at my uh, cousin's house. And uh, we were just, you know, having a couple of drinks, hanging out, having some fun. And then I, you know, he wasn't happy with his day-to-day job. And then I told him, dude, why don't we just open a restaurant on our own? Because um, he was working at a restaurant at the time. And then I told him, look, I'll put my mom's recipes, you know, the pinchos, a.k.a. the kebabs. You put your burgers on the menu. I'll handle all the marketing, all the branding, and you handle all the cooking and running the day-to-day. And, you know, and we'll do this Latin street food joint that, you know, really didn't have, there, there was nothing like it, to be honest, here in Miami, where you combine, you know, premium hamburgers with, with premium steak and chicken kebabs. Uh, so we thought it was a great idea. So basically, you know, we, 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 we said, you know what, let's do it. Um, but no, it was Sunday and we're having drinks and, and you know, you, we had a little bit of liquid courage on this. So we thought it was a great idea. <laughs> Two days later... Two days later, he calls me and he goes, "Hey, where are you serious about Sunday?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I don't really. I'm not sure what part you're talking about." He goes, "No, the restaurant." He goes, "Oh yeah." I'm like, "Wait." I'm like, "Yeah, well, I'm game if you're game." Um, and he goes, "Well, I'm already looking for real estate." So I told him, "Well, I guess we are opening a restaurant." So it was literally just that's exactly how it happened, right? So after that, we got together. We we so it was me, my partner, and the doll, and then we uh. We brought in his little brother, my little cousin, Nizar, as well. So the three of us together, we put 77 grand. <laughs> That's all we had to our name. And we said, all right, where, where can we open a location? Um, so we found this little hole in the wall, you know, in Westchester, Florida. So it was, a, it was about 30-minute drive from where we live. Uh, it was a second-gen restaurant. So that's where we sort of, you know, decided to open our location. So we worked tirelessly for four months. 
uh, I would go to I was I would go to his house. He would cook. I would say yes, no. Nizar would say yes, no. And you know our strategy at the time was let's make this really kick-ass menu, but very very simple. Eight items, eight items only, and let's make sure that they're amazing. So our strategy was you know let's not end up like a cheesecake factory where you have this bible of a menu and people <laughs> come in and they're and they're confused and then sometimes they order the wrong thing and and it's all of this pressure on the kitchen. We said let's just do eight things, but let's perfect them. So that way when people come in through the door, whatever they order, we know they're gonna have a great time and. Obviously, it would be much easier for us to train and for us to execute in the kitchen. And that's and that was the strategy, man. You know, we we built a restaurant. You know, Nidal and Nizar did the demo with their bare hands. We couldn't really afford to hire anybody, uh, and we started building the restaurant. We finalized all of our recipes, and then I'll never forget this. Um, Nidal calls me, uh, and it was like a Tuesday, I think it was, or a Monday. He goes, "Hey." You know, we need to open the restaurant this Saturday. And I told him, you're nuts. You're crazy. We don't have employees. We don't have a team. We don't have plates. We don't have training materials. He goes, we got $6.27 left in the bank account. And uh, I need to open Saturday. So I told him, okay, I guess uh, we don't have a choice. We're going to have to open this Saturday. Um, I gave him my American Express. I told him, Look, it, this was November 4th. Uh, no, this was like November 2nd when he called me. November 4th was my birthday, which was that Thursday. I told him, look, go to Costco, buy all of this food. Uh, I'll throw my birthday party at the restaurant November 4th, this Thursday. And we'll train everybody. We'll train our friends and family during my birthday party and we'll open the Saturday. And that's exactly what we did. We bought the food. We found ourselves, we found ourselves two employees, you know, literally in two days. We trained everybody during my birthday party, and we opened that Saturday. And uh, it was a huge success. Saturday, we had about 400 people show up to our grand opening. That's awesome. Um, I mean, what do those those two days look like for you guys? Or I guess, what are you feeling during them? Like you said, it's you're rushing to get it open. You have two days, right? I mean, did anybody, you know... I guess in that area, know what was coming, what was getting ready to open. I guess how did you have so much success those that first day? You know, when you had two yeah. days to plan for it. Well, so the the first thing, like right at the moment that he told me that we we're gonna we needed to open that Saturday, um, my brain started you know going through a million thoughts of how can I get people in the building, uh, you know, and God bless the internet and and social media. Had it not been for Facebook. Um, I think we would have failed miserably, right? Um, back in the day when, when people didn't have social media, it was much, much harder to get people to the door. So basically, I just sat there. I went to my Facebook. I reached out to every single friend of mine via message. saying, like, hey, guys, I'm opening a restaurant this Saturday. I would love for you guys to show up. You know, so I started inviting all of these folks, which was, it was amazing because a lot of them came and, and showed support. But also, we did a really cool campaign online where we said, hey, you know, we're opening this restaurant this Saturday. The first 50 people at the door will get free kebabs for a whole year. So that sort of went viral. Um, so right at 10, at 10 in the morning that day, there was already a huge line out the door. Um, a bunch of people that we, we didn't know, that they saw online that, you know, hey, you know, there's this restaurant opening. And if I wait in this line, I'm the first, one of the first 50 people, I'll get free bean shows for a whole year. Um, so that was another tactic that we did. It was very, very helpful. Um, and, and all of, a little bit of all of that sort of helped us, you know, really plan for that opening. Um, 
you know, prior to the opening, I mean, we were all over the place. <laughs> we had no, we had no experience whatsoever in running restaurants. It was, it was just sort of all, all intuition, all like, you know, sort of asking, you know, going online, watching YouTube videos, asking people that we knew that had restaurants, you know, if they gave us the time of day, hey, what do we do with that? What do we do with this? It was a, it was a little bit of everything. And, you know, we, we, we were able to manage. It was, Today we look back at it and, and, and we smile, but during the time it was, it was super nerve-wracking, right? Right. <laughs> was, not as, not as many like, smiles the those first were, couple of days. What the hell were we, yeah, what the hell were we thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so let me ask you, um, I mean, you kind of mentioned there, so did anybody in the group have any restaurant experience at all or cooking experience? Uh, so Nadal, my, my business partner, he had very tiny uh, restaurant experience. He had worked for about like six months prior to Pincho. He had worked at a uh, fish and chicken uh, a joint, like a fried fish and chicken joint here in Miami called Snappers. So he worked there for like six months and whatever experience he had, it was just those six months of working there. But it was a very different business. It was more fast food, right? Where like with a drive-through, it was not like this fast casual, you know, prima fast casual vibe that we were going at Pincho. Mm -hmm. But basically, he was our go-to guy, right? And he was never really classically trained in terms of, like, being a chef. But he was, he's always been a very good cook. Mm -hmm. uh, so he, he knew what he was doing when it came, you know, time to create different recipes and pull all of these, all of these uh, flavors together. So every time we tasted the food, you know, he already sort of knew what he was doing, which was extremely helpful, right? He grew up, he grew up in a house with nine women, so he was always surrounded by the... By, by cooking. So he sort of, you know, picked that up while he was growing up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, looking back, or looking back today, I know you said, you, you know, you guys look back and smile on that now. So looking at the business as a whole, um, how, how many locations do you guys have currently now? Today we're at 10 locations. You're at 10 locations. So has anything changed um, since then? I mean, you know, maybe like menu items or... Uh, or mission or, or anything like that? I mean, any significant changes from when you guys first had that idea and opened the first store into where you are today? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, we've evolved as a brand. We've, uh, you know, our menu has grown uh, significantly, which, which is really cool. You know, we sort of used social media and all of these specials that we were doing to sort of shape our menu. So a lot of the menu items that you see today, our permanent menu items, were chosen by our guests so it's really really cool um you know we definitely have grown as a company you know today we're we're looking at expand you know national expansion you know via franchising and and via some company owned stores here in south florida um you know in terms of a mission you know i, I always say this people start everybody sort of start i mean 99 percent of people i believe start a business because for financial reasons right you start a business because you want to build something you want to, you know, make some money, you know, secure your future. And then, um, and I believe that after, you know, and that was sort of our reasoning in the beginning. Let's open the restaurant because we wanted to, you know, make a little bit of money and sort of, you know, build, build a, a nice organization. But then as you start growing your company, you sort of start really, you know, finding your true purpose as a company. And what's your corporate social responsibility and what's the mission of our brand, so that that all they, that all comes with time. So today, you know, we're we have you know this purpose, you know, internally, you know, that we want to truly create an amazing company that everybody's proud of. 
We want to support the communities around us, you know, really invest in education, really invest in, in ending hunger. There's all of these different initiatives that sort of, you know, you start becoming passionate about them as you grow as a company, right? These are things that you don't think of since day one, especially when you don't really have the experience like other people do in the space. So it's a, it's a, it's a much purpose-driven company today than it was when we first started, 100%. Okay. And, and I know you mentioned it a couple of times, kind of talking about the experience and going back to when you first opened, you know, looking at YouTube videos or just asking anybody who's operated a restaurant. You know, one of the questions I want to ask and, you know, what I typically like to do is have, you know, a couple of questions just to kind of help some people who do listen in and kind of pick up a couple of key things. So, you know, with that, I just want to ask, you know, about the importance of, um, you know, like mentorship. I believe it was a QSR article that I read, you know, saying that you guys didn't have much experience when you first were opening, but you all kind of reached out to people and just, you know, talk about the importance of that is finding the right people to help, you know, give you that advice to, you know, that got you to help get you to where you are today? Yeah, I mean, totally, 100%. Um, I think one thing that we did very well was sort of understand what we knew and, and, and check our egos at the door and understand what we didn't know and and have the humility to go out there and, and, and let people know that we didn't understand a few things and if they were willing to help us. Uh, and surprisingly, you know, lots of folks did reach out and you know did answer back to us and say you know what yeah just let's get it let's go grab a cup of coffee you know and i'll tell you all about it so we we were very fortunate to find amazing mentors you know as we grew the company you know i mean jim mises from blaze pizza you know he's the ceo of blaze pizza he was one of the very first people to sort of reach out to me right after the perfect pitch in the past casual conference in miami and he gave me his business card and he said hey you know, here's my business starts. Call me if you ever need anything. I love your story. I love everything that you guys are doing. So we've become very good friends, and he's been our mentor ever since, and now he sits on our board. So he, he's been instrumental to sort of, you know, showing us the way and, and, and at least helping us avoid making a lot of mistakes that, you know, typical entrepreneurs would do in the restaurant space. Um, you know, we got Andy Howard from Wingstop, former CMO of Wingstop, believed in us since day one, has been a huge mentor, a huge friend, sits on our board as well, invested in us early on, has always been there whenever we needed anything. Again, you know, helped us, helped open up our eyes to the potential of the brand and where we should be and the things that we should be doing versus the things that we shouldn't be doing. Um, so, you know, these are two examples of, of great, great people that, you know, when they first met us, they had no no interest in just being part of the brand they, they just wanted to help and pay it forward and you know and and they have been a huge you know uh, uh influence in who we are as a company today mm -hmm. and if you don't mind me asking i mean was there anything that you know anything else that that jim had mentioned because like i said that's where i first saw you is at that perfect pitch at that the fast casual conference and I mean, you guys have an incredible story. We know someone of that, you know, level who is just very well known in the industry to, you know, reach out and, and offer support. I mean, was there, you know, anything that he, you know, said to you guys that, 
Um, I don't know. That maybe stuck with you. Well, I'll tell you what. He, the first thing that Heavy told me, he looked at me and goes, I love your story. I love everything that you're doing. You're not thinking big enough. Um, and that sort of stuck to me, right? Because at the time when we pitched, we had a goal of getting to 50 stores over five years. And when he saw the brand and, you know, obviously he, we shared some of our revenue figures and whatnot. And he saw the story. He came. He was the first person to come up to me and says, you got to think much bigger than what you are. You can be so much more than what you think you can. Uh, so that sort of has stuck with us. And, uh, you know, and he has given us numerous advices throughout the years, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, you know, hiring, uh, hiring slow and firing fast and sort of building the right team and building the right company culture. You know, when looking at bringing anybody new to, to the organization, making sure that they're always a cultural fit. I mean, I mean numerous advices that I, I, I'll probably take another hour of your time if I have to tell you about all the things that Jim Mises have told us. He's an amazing, 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 super talented uh, individuals, and we're very thankful that we have him as a mentor. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. awesome. So, you know, with that, when I'm telling you to to think bigger, you know, now where do you see, um, where do you see you guys over the next, you know, five years? I mean, what are some of your your goals for for the brand? Yeah. So, you know, our our short term goals is to be over 100 locations over the next four to five years. Our long-term goal is definitely to hit the thousand uh, here in the states. Uh, with plans to actually go, you know, globally. Uh, we really do think that we have a brand that has legs, that has the right story, that has the right character, the right flavors, that sort of will appeal to lots of folks, you know, around the world. Um, we 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 look at brands like Nando's. We look at brands like Panera. We look at brands that really have sort of, you know change the way people eat and and have expanded to to countries that you never would have thought of right so what when Anders did to south african um cuisine right the peri peri chicken it's sort of inspirational to us in terms of what we're trying to do the lion cuisine and and the approach that we're taking mm -hmm. now i just want to ask real quick um so you know, once Jim said that before, was was that kind of your guys' long-term vision on day one was to grow it into something big or did you want to keep it kind of small or, you know, have one location or a couple? Did anything change in then or is the vision always, always big? <laughs> yeah, no, actually, when we first started, our, our, our goal was to get to a couple of locations here in Miami, make some good money, right? It was always, hey, let's open a couple of stores, maybe get to five. And so, you know, we can have a decent, you know, life um you know and have some uh, a good paying uh job slash business and um i think it started changing a, right, a, a bit before we met jim uh it, it started changing when we started noticing how many people love what we were doing um and it's it's an i can't i can't explain you uh, i can't explain the feeling of of creating a brand that thousands of people sort of you know are really proud of and they really love and they and they bring their families to and the way that we connect people through food and how people come to our establishments to really spend time with their family it's like a, it's a for lack of a cheesy word it's like this magical feeling they're like oh man we've created this right like how cool is this um so once we started realizing how many people like love pincho 
we said, man, we got to grow this thing, right? This, this is beyond Miami. This is beyond South Florida. This is something that the, the rest of the United States should, should, should be able to experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say it started with a, the idea of, of just being a very small business. And as we got to our, to be quite honest, our third location, I think we knew that we had something that could totally travel across borders. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Okay. Um, before you move into the final rapid fire question, I want to ask one last question. Um, you know, now where you are today, looking back over the last few years since you first started, um, looking back to yourself on, you know, November 2nd, you guys are about to open. What's one piece of advice that you would tell yourself before you're about to go on this epic journey? Oof, I have so many. Um, to, I'll, I'll tell you this, uh, to never doubt your gut feeling. The very few times that I've been wrong are the few times that I went against my gut feeling. And they've been monumental uh, in terms of decisions for us as a company. Uh, to always trust in my instincts and what I believe the company should be uh, versus what everybody else thinks it should be. 100%. Awesome. Okay, great. So let's uh, get into some rapid fire questions. What are you most excited about for the food industry right now and moving forward? Uh, I'm, I'm very excited for how the industry is changing when it comes to transparency and how, how, how the industry is changing, what the consumer behavior is changing in terms of the food on demand. Um, it's still very, very early on. We're still trying to navigate it. But it's super exciting. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're investing heavily in, in trying to solve food on demand, making sure that our guests are receiving our food wherever they want and still uphold our quality. So it's very scary times or very exciting times. Mm-hmm. If somebody came up to you today and said they wanted to open a restaurant, what's one piece of advice that you would tell them? Um, I'll, I'd probably tell them not to <laughs> because it's a lot of work. Um, but if I, if they, if they were 100% positive that they wanted to, I'll tell them that if you're going to partner up with somebody, make sure that, make sure that you are very, if you, that, that you guys very, very, um, clear roles and responsibilities if you have partners to very have very clear roles and responsibilities since day one what's one restaurant right now that you really like that others may not know about oh man i'm super vocal about the restaurants that i love um one restaurant that i really like that others might not know about hmm I think I'm going to have to pass on that one and get back to you in a little bit. I have to think a little bit more. Okay. Um, your last meal. If you had to choose your last meal, what would it be and from where? That would be a pincho burger from Pincho Factory, 100%. Which burger? The, the pincho, pincho burger. The pincho burger? Okay. Um, and last one, where can listeners go to find you online to learn more about Pincho Factory? Uh, they can go to our website and they can follow us on Instagram and they can follow us on Facebook. 
Okay, great. And I'll put the links in the show notes as well. All right. Sure. Um, and then any uh, any last thought to the uh, the restaurant before we close out here? For sure. Look, if anybody out there, if you're planning on opening a restaurant, here are a few, here are a few pieces of advice that I can give you. Um, make sure you're different. Uh, there's lots of competition. Make sure your books are clean since day one. If you're ever going to raise money, uh, first thing that you need is some clean books. So don't underestimate the importance of having accounting set up since day one. And number three, make sure that you have a huge passion for hospitality. Um, we find it that for us, work is a lot more like a hobby slash, you know, play uh, because we're super passionate about being, we're super passionate about hospitality in general. We love being in our restaurants. We love, you know, hanging out with our guests, you know, going above and beyond to make sure everybody's having a good time. So if you have those three things, you, you're most likely to be successful. So, you know, good luck. And if you guys ever need anything, any sort of advice, just reach out to me. Auto at pinchofactory.com. I'm more than willing to, you know, share, uh, you know, a little bit more and, and help you out in any way possible. Awesome. Well, thank you, Otto. I appreciate it. Thanks for spending time sharing your story and uh, can't wait to keep watching you guys grow. For sure, man. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening, my friends. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Culinaryschool.com. You can find the show notes to this week's podcast. Let me know what you think of the episode. Leave me any feedback or suggestions on how I can make the show better for you and better for the rest of our food service industry. My mission is to bring you a weekly guest from the food service world to share their story and insights with you. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, I'm Jonathan Schroeder. This is Culinary School. Culinary School.